This is Geek Gab with your host, John and me, Daddy Warpig. We are back. Geek Gab for Saturday, May 11th, 2019. I've got a cold. I hate it. I've got gunk just crushing my lungs under the weight of this goop. What? It's annoying. I'm almost ready to cough. I think I'm going to have to stop like 17 or 20 times during the show just so I don't cough in everybody's ears. Thanks, man. That's a great warning. I think (laughs) that way we know if you go quiet, you haven't disconnected or lost your mind. You're merely muted for a coughing fit. Yeah. I haven't died. I haven't died. That's a good good reassuring uh, statement. Don't worry. I'm not going to die during this show so what about you well i'm i'm good i'm well caffeinated i'm well rested Uh, i am not sick i do not have a cold so pretty much the only thing that's going to happen to me is technical difficulties oh i love technical difficulties we've already had one today yes indeed i hope uh, my voice is coming through clear i can't get my headset to work (laughs) awesome If it's not one thing, it's another, folks. That, that is our promise to you. So so uh, this is just going to be – we don't have any guests today. We're just going to hang out. for. We, we haven't done this in a while. We're just going to hang out and talk about recent things in pop culture. It's stuff scary. I know. It's, it's like the old geek gab. When we first started, we had no idea what we were doing. <laughs> are, you saying we have, are you saying we have some idea of what we're doing today? Uh, that was the implication. Okay, I just I just wanted to make sure I understood that. I I I, I was kind of uh, you know amazed a second. I'm mean, I'm like scratching my chin, thinking, do do we know what we're doing now? Did that happen sometime when I I wasn't really paying attention? We're also continuing the time honored tradition of lobbing softballs at each other. Yes, yes, but that <laughs> works. So. Um, besides this, besides this awful cold that you've been dealing with, uh, how how have you been? What have you been up to? Oh, I, oh, we talked about this before the show, and I can't say anything explicit, but I am so excited today because just yesterday I had one huge breakthrough on the secret project, and then a couple of days before that I had. Another huge breakthrough on this secret project, and it is so exciting and so thrilling to see things moving along and finally falling into place. Here's the the problem. For years, for over a decade, I was working on the tools I needed to build specific things for this project. And then I started building the specific things for this project, and I got them, you know, kind of sort of in place. And then I could start building, you know, actual characters and uh, plots and things like that. But I'm still working on big things, so I haven't started writing yet. Um, so this is this is good news, though, because because you you've now people listening can infer that you you're making breakthrough on the progress, and it sounds like it's a writing project. You've got. You've, you've, got, you've got material to write. So that's we've got a little something that we can we can hang on to. There is going to be a lot of writing involved in this project. Uh, people are going to be astounded. Uh, once I actually get this out and people can start seeing like what I've actually put together, they're going to be astounded at the um, clarity and yet complexity of uh, of this project and I, I really wish i could say something more but i've got to keep working and i got to keep focus and some things are you know things are changing all the time so if i said oh yeah here's even like a general outline all of that would be wrong in a couple of months um uh, but but things are settling down I, i'm not making i'm not having to make that big a change all the time so i'm excited that's why i'm excited i wish i could say more but i can't right now your excitement's infectious. That's really great to hear, by the way. Uh, also, you've given me my first Amazon review of whatever you publish, which is, I am astounded at the clarity yet complexity <laughs> of this body of work. Um, so, so what's what? What else is new? You 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 mentioned before the show that there is some some 
current events that that are, are worth talking about. And and oh, yeah. you, you left me hanging, so I'm really curious to know what what's going on. What's new? I just wanted to talk about some things that came out last week or came up last week that I thought were awesome. Um, John Wick three. Wow, it, that's uh, when's that coming out? That's coming out soon, right? Next Friday. Really excited for that. Six days from now. Six. That's such a great film. Um, and I've loved the John Wick series. We've even talked about the John Wick series on the show before, but uh, the trailers keep on looking better and better. And I'm just like, wow, I'm finally excited for a movie. I don't know how long it's been that I've legitimately been excited to go see a movie. A uh, few and far between. Um, there's There's been a lot of uh, movies with a lot of hype coming out in the past couple of years, but none that really... Um, that really showed enough promise for me to get excited about. I'm really excited about it. Um, we're, we're definitely going to have to talk about that after it comes out. Um, they announced Rambo five this week. <laughs> what? Yeah. And I, I am legitimately excited for Rambo five. Cause I tell you what Rambo four was phenomenal. Was it? It no, was. That came out like 10 years ago, didn't it? Something like that. It came out a while ago. Ten years is probably right around the time. Um, Sylvester Stallone's like 75 years old, isn't he? Yes. So this is slated to be the last Rambo movie. Um, and, and that's not a bad... It's not a bad guess, because even though he looks great on screen, he is, like, 75 years old! Um... But he still makes great movies. Like his role in Creed uh, was phenomenal. I haven't seen Creed 2 yet. I want to. I haven't. I need to do that soon. But Rambo 5, Rambo 4 took place in, a, uh, oh, dang it. I'm thinking Myanmar, but it might have been Malaysia, uh, where they had a bunch of Karen ethnicity who were being oppressed and murdered and tortured by the government. Oh, and so, um, it was really, really uh, a, a well-done movie. Um, his characterization was spot on. Um, the characterization of the, of the Christian missionaries he was taking up river were spot on. And I just enjoyed the whole movie. I, I could watch that again and again and have. So well, Rambo, I'll check it out on your recommendation. I've actually, uh, I don't think I've seen Rambo I've only seen the first one, First Blood. Yeah, this one's called Rambo Five: Last Blood. So, yeah, um, fair, fair, fair enough. I, I double checked on on uh, on the internet. He's seventy two. Seventy two. Okay. Um, and uh, in this, he's fighting the Mexican drug cartels. So, great I, for a villain these days. I, I honestly expect it to be another one in the vein of four. Now, I could be wrong. People can come back and say, oh, you had such high hopes for this and it didn't work out. I'm like, well, you know, that's life. But I really am uh, looking forward to it. Um, you don't watch Game of Thrones, do you? No, not at all. This come up in the chat, by the way. Um, all out of Bubblegum brought this up in the chat. Well, um, we, have talk, we have to talk about it then. What do you say? I, I do watch Game of Thrones, actually. Oh, is that so? Um, well... I'll, I'll give you my short background. I I could I could even get more than fifty pages through into the first book, <laughs> and, and I I had already had enough of the book, uh, and so I never I never picked up the series. I've read all of the books and I've watched all of the TV shows, and you may think that makes me a Game of Thrones fan, like I'm really excited for Game of Thrones, and I'm you know counting the days until the next one counting the decades until the next one comes out. Um, the decades. I see what you did there. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a Game of Thrones super fan like that. Okay, but, just, you're, but you're all caught up. I'm all caught up. I, I, I invested six or seven years watching the show, so it's like, oh, the eighth season is here. I might as well watch it. And this is the last season, right? Last season. In fact, I, only, I think they only have two more shows left. Oh um, yeah, I heard that. I heard it was going to be a short season. So, so what, what do you think? Uh, what did all out of bubblegum say? He said that it turned into a garbage fire. It did, and it absolutely did. Oh, that's too bad because because I saw 
um, last was it last week or the week before? I saw a few minutes of the the famous um, battle episode, and it was very dark and you know dragons breathing fire all over armies of zombies, and I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. But I didn't I didn't watch the whole series, so I didn't think anything of it. It was a great looking fight. It was about ninety minutes of a great looking fight with interludes, so you didn't get bored. It's not all fighting, but. When you kind of got a little bit underneath the surface, there are a lot of bigger problems. It's like minute to minute, the combat was great and exciting. But if you look at it like overall, you can see this is a big, you know, this is a big, just what the heck were they doing with some of this stuff? Um, well, all right, I'll, I'll listen. What's going on? What happened? Uh, so... There's the army of the dead marching down from the north, led by the Night King, who's, you know, basically him and his small coterie are liches. Um, and they, whoever they kill, when he exercises his magic will, they all get up and join his army. It's not zombies per se, because it's not the, you know, bite somebody and then they get infected, yada, yada, yada. It's just, if you die on the battlefield and he chooses to uh, exercise his power, he can resurrect you and you'll become his puppet. You'll join his army of the dead. Cool. This is the big bad of the series, right? They've been building up to this. And kind of the implicit theme that has emerged from this mess is that all the normal people are engaged in all these political shenanigans and assassination plots and, you know, blowing each other up, all this nonsense. And it's weakening the world of men so that they can't defend against the dead when they come down from the north. So that's the theme. And what you would expect is that theme to be carried out in the last season. Yeah. To have all of these politics finally resolved and the last show or two to be the climactic, desperate, you know, last ditch effort to save humanity from the army of the dead. That is appropriately epic. That is appropriately big and it would cap off the show. But that's not what they did. Oh, no. No, they, I mean it, 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 they had the climactic battle in the third to last episode. So that I mean that sounds that sounds like what they did. What happened? They they had the climactic battle in the third episode of an eight episode series of an eight oh. episode ceiling. That 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 feels a little early. Like it should have been five, six, or seven, right? And and the Night King, this this immortal tactician who has uh, threatened humanity for. Uh, millennia, literally millennia. Um, he went out like a like a bitch. He went out like a punk. He just he got he got punked by a lone assassin, right? This is what I read. Yeah. So it was such a letdown, such a huge letdown. Um, and and because his power raised the dead, taking him out, got rid of the army. Got rid of the army. So oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, like it, it makes you wonder after thousands of years of terrorizing mankind, was it always that easy? <laughs> I, I'm just frustrated because they squandered all the great drama they had, and now the um, now that the in battle is here, apparently it's a battle between the two worst characters on the show. They're both blonde. They're both women. They're both dumb disastrously stupid and this is the epic confrontation it, it's like seeing two cheerleaders have a slap fight oh i see what you're saying because because the the idea behind the series which up until about a week ago i didn't understand i wish someone had explained it to me succinctly sooner is that the game of thrones is sort of what's happening but they're all distracting each other from defending against this great supernatural threat right where the the human kingdom's tearing itself apart and weakening itself so that the army of the dead roll over it and so they they turned that back around on its head in the final season to say 
okay, so that's what was happening this whole time, but the final showdown is is actually the Game of Thrones. The the actual the political infighting is still the most important part. Yeah. Which is uh, that yeah, that sort of turns the 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 theme on its side again. Um and there just been this last season there's just been a lot of because I said so plotting. It's like, well then this happens because I said so. And then that happens because I said so, even though it makes no sense. So the showrunners have gone completely off the beam and it's just been I'm going to watch it. I'm going to finish watching it because I've got, you know, eight years into it, but it's not as I technically that wasn't true. Technically I started around season four or five and just got caught up with the series. So yeah. Game of Thrones. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry to hear that. Normally HBO shows do a much better job of, of, you know, keeping the drama. Well, maybe every, maybe each individual episode is very good. Um, from the few minutes I've seen of the show, I thought the my impression was the dialogue was bad, but the costumes and the sets were impeccable. It was really cool, really cool to look at. They're gorgeous. The show is gorgeous. It's got high production values, and it's making its money back. So, all right, moving on from Game of Thrones, uh, we had a trailer or a teaser trailer for the Watchmen TV show this week. Watchmen TV show. How do you do that? Is it going to be a miniseries based on the comic? It's going to be as I don't know if it's a miniseries or a regular series, but it's supposedly kind of a sequel. They haven't really explained it well. Um, but Ozymandias, who's the main villain in the movie or in the comic, is like 40 years old. And uh, in the trailer, he's like 70 something. So it's going to be set, you know, in modern, quote unquote, modern times. Apparently in the same universe as Watchmen, although we're not sure. Um, the trailer was very skillfully done. It made you high quality, obviously well edited. They put a lot of money into costumes and stuff. And it made you, even I, who am not interested in the show at all, because I am 100% sure it's going to be uh, just a disaster. Even it may, it made even me want to see the show. It's like, oh yeah, that looks great. And I just had to take a step back and remember, no, that's that's a brilliant trailer. Don't get me wrong, but the show isn't going to be as good as the trailer. What what made the trailer so good though? What um, made it, it was portentous. It implied a lot of things without stating them. It gave you the impression of big events, of epic events that were happening, and these are people who are caught up in it. I mean, it, it, it teased enough to make you want to see the actual story, which visual is what clickbait. Visual clickbait, right? Yeah. You're like, yeah, I want to know more. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's the, it's the, um, the watch, crazy, watch crazy super villain destroy all of Manhattan with this one weird trick. <laughs> Click here if you want to learn more. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I would have been hating. Um, the thing about it that gives me, <clears throat> there's a bunch of guys in the very beginning of the trailer who are wearing the Rorschach mask, that white mask with the black patterns. Oh, I, I could see that. I could see that where, uh, Rorschach's journal does get out into the open. And so he becomes a symbol of <clears throat> the resistance or something. And I am 99% sure that all those Rorschach people are going to be portrayed as alt-right Nazi gamer gators. That would be hilarious. Uh, of course, that's that's who Rorschach was sort of written to represent, not specifically um, alt-right gamer gators, because that it was written way well before their time. But that uh, you know he was supposed to be this crazy right-wing guy, and and more than a few people actually identified with him a lot more than the other characters. So it, it, I'm betting that when you start digging down into the show, it's going to take a lot of shots at Trump. It's going to take a lot of shots at Republicans, whatever the hot Republican, anti-Republican issue of the week is. It's going to jump on that train. I'm hoping it doesn't. I mean, it would be nice if it was just, you know, an actual Watchmen show where everybody is wrong. I'm not hopeful. No, yeah, no. Oh, well. Um, uh, struck this week, by the way. Oh, yeah. 
tragedy. I was curled up on my bed, weeping for the loss uh, to humanity of something that absolutely would have been great and glorious. Um, it, it's so sad. I cannot even tell you. Channing Tatum's Gambit movie, Gambit being one of the X-Men, Channing Tatum being one of those guys who you kind of recognize, but at the same time, you, you kind of don't know who they are. Um, Channing Tatum of Magic Mike fame. Yeah. I was going to say Hateful Eight because I don't watch men's strippers, but yes, he was in that. Um, his Gambit movie's canceled. It will not be being made. It will never come out. Oh, no. I don't, I don't know if I can go on. <laughs> we may have to pause the show so I can get over this tragic lo potential loss. We've been talking about this for like five or six years. Really? Have they been in pre-production that long? I don't even know if they actually got to pre-production, but it got to pre-pre-production. And when Fox did a, a shoot for all the cast members of the X-Men universe... Um, he showed up because he's supposed to be part of it, but now it will never happen. Mm, interesting choice for Gambit. Uh, Disney's cruel, cruel corporate masters um, will not allow that to go forth. But they are releasing the New Mutants movie, apparently, at some point. Hey, we got to talk about Disney. Is Are they going to be stopped or what? I, I think they're going to be routed around i think they own everything and because they own everything everybody else is starting to make their own stuff that is kind of like everything but not and so they're going to find out that all of the garbage they've been pulling with the star wars and things like that they're going to be a bunch of substitutes and disney isn't uh, isn't going to be able to dominate um so, yeah, I think they're going to be obviated is the word. Um, speaking of, of new Disney films coming out, did you see how they've decided to print money in the next year? They've got uh, the live-action Aladdin with the infamous uh, CGI Will Smith. They're, doing the same, they're giving The Lion King the same treatment as well as Mulan. And if, if you think about that, those are their three from... from, from at least since the 80s or 90s, there's their three best, most popular um, animated features. That's not all, though. This the, this is the hilarious thing. By buying Fox, they got control of Avatar, um, uh, which was James, 10 years old, James Cameron's uh, number one grossing movie of all time, Avatar, until Endgame came out, until Adventures Endgame. And, but he has four sequels lined up for it. And so just this last week, Disney announced that starting in 2021, they're going to have Avatar in December, Star Wars the next December, Avatar the next December, Star Wars the next December. They've got this scheduled out until almost 2030. Wow. That's that's nuts. You're flabbergasted, aren't you? I yeah, I'm I'm totally. That's too much. I I can't believe they're allowed to purchase Fox. This is nuts. But the phrase go it would um endless trash. <laughs> yes, endless trash. Well, okay. Well, well. Speaking speaking of Disney, speaking of way too many films over too many years, um, uh. I think I think we have to be done with Marvel uh, and and uh, and Disney after after this year. But how how about Endgame? You saw that, yeah? Yes, I did. I, I just before we talk about Endgame, I just want to talk about one teeny tiny other thing. Of course, uh, Chewbacca, um, the actor who played Chewbacca, died this week. Oh, that's right, that's Peter Mayhew. An an actual actual tragedy. Yeah. yeah. Rest in peace. It's sad and, uh, you know, wish his family the best. Um, yeah, that's, that's actually sad. I mean, you know, 
All this other stuff, not so much. That said, okay. <laughs> now that we've got the tragedy out of the way, let's go on to Endgame. Let's go to Endgame, where tragedies happened. It's um, it's, it's been a couple of weeks. We're allowed spoilers. Okay, yeah, we'll 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 talk about spoilers. Um, Endgame is a fabulously well done movie. Now you you saw it, right? I saw it. Yeah. Um, it's not as good a movie as Infinity War. Um, but it is a fabulously well done movie. The Russo's, uh, the Russo brothers, uh, who directed the movie did an incredible job. They've also did, they also did, uh, Civil War and Winter Soldier. And, uh, then they were put on the Avengers property. And it really is the culmination of 10 years of Marvel movies. I think a total of 22 movies that has all been leading up to it. Um, you know, like the after credit sequence at the end of Avengers Infinity War ties directly into this movie, sort of, a little bit. Um, the after credit sequence of Ant-Man and the Wasp ties directly into this movie. Um, and so all of these things have been going on. All of the character arcs and stories and stuff have led up to Endgame, and it's worth going and seeing in the theater. It's three hours long. I'm, I'm, I'd be surprised if anybody listening hasn't seen it by now. But if if you've seen if you've seen Avengers: Infinity War and and some of the other Marvel films, it's it, it's good to watch. They they do it right. So like, what what's their what is their job? You know, they've got a couple of jobs. They've got to end the Infinity War storyline. Yes. They've got about I think five or six of the actors the 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 main actors for the main heroes are. For lack of a better word, retiring. Their contracts are up. They're not. They're not doing any more Marvel superhero films. Um, Chris Evans doesn't want to do any more. He's sick of them. Yeah. Um, Robert Downey Jr. does want to play Tony Stark, uh, or did want to play Tony Stark again, but Marvel's sick of paying him all the money that he's worth. <laughs> and 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 uh, let's uh, Scarlett Johansson too. Uh, and I think I believe Jeremy Renner as well. The main guys, all the main guys, they're uh, they're pretty much out. Yeah, the the, uh, the and this is the other surprising thing about the movie. To, we'll we'll lead back around to it is that um, I honestly expected at the end of Infinity War, it's just like oh they're just gonna you know wave everybody back to life with the time travel thing. So you know it's not gonna matter. Um, None of these deaths really matter. We know Spider-Man's coming back. And I just assumed that everybody would be coming back. That they would just wave it, hand wave it. But that's they, not what happened. No, they, they had this really cool um, cool and dumb time travel um, er, device to, to <laughs> let, let them recover. I mean that in the literary sense and the physical sense, right? They, they, they used a time machine. Which you knew was going to happen at the end of Infinity War. You're like this: the next story that they can only finish this story really dumb. Like this is going to be this is going to be a stupid comic book story because there's no way he snaps his fingers and all these characters die and they don't they aren't just going to come back. Right. But they cleverly um, they they structured the story cleverly to allow for characters to die outside of that framework. Yeah, yeah. They could say, okay, if we need to kill off, for example, if we need to kill off Black Widow, if we need to kill off um, Iron Man or, or whatever, we can do that. Like it works within the story that we've structured. You, we've structured. We haven't structured the story so that you could just use the Infinity Stones and and undo it. So they uh, they they got to have their cake and eat it too. Yeah, and and, and I'll admit the plotting for that was very well done. How they brought everybody out and yet brought everybody back who had been snapped away and yet still had, you know, still had consequences and stakes. Um, because that's what people have been complaining about. They're like, well, no death in the Marvel Cinematic Universe ever really matters. And it's like, no, no, actually, these deaths, some of them, if you were sacrificed to get the Soul Stone like Black Widow and Gamora are, they're dead permanently. Yeah. Um, it was yeah really really smart. Um, 
and of course, by the time the snap happened and all those people came back, the the tension and the stakes were gone. Like you, you at that point in the movie, you sort of knew that nobody else was going to die, right? Like they, they, they won. So there was one more death, but I don't know about you, but that one, that one was spoiled to me before I saw the film, and it didn't matter. It wasn't spoiled to me. I actually successfully got away without being spoiled because I didn't say anything on Twitter. I didn't say I was going to see the movie. I didn't say I was even interested in seeing the movie. Because saying you're going to go see a movie is like a, an invitation for spoilers. It's like people see that and then they go out and deliberately spoil it for you. Oh, internet's <laughs> full of jerks. It, it's happened to me a lot. It happened to me with like Fallout 4. happened to me with a, a couple of other things. But So I just shut up about it. I did not say ever that I was going to go see the movie. And then I went and saw the movie and then you know I didn't have any spoilers. Um. So. So what do you think about the the structure of the film? Because the, the film has three main, um, I guess I'll use acts. They use, they use the three main acts, but they're, they're different types of films. The, in the first act, uh, we see how everybody copes with the loss, you know, losing to Thanos. And then in the second act, it's the crazy time heist where... They actually use the time machine and, and try to collect the Infinity Stones again. And then the third act, of course, is the the climactic battle that they caused by the time heist. Um, Wasn't that a great moment, though, when they're in the middle of this battle and they're fighting, and then all of a sudden all these orange circles open up? Yeah, that was great. And, and you could tell it wasn't long after the snap. It was like within... Within 15 minutes, sort of everybody who had was brought back realized what was going on. Uh, perhaps Doctor Strange had communicated to them and and just, all right, Earth, Earth can do an interdimensional invasion just as well as you guys. Yeah, deal with it. Here's here's all of Earth's armies in one spot at once. I mean, the movie started in a really disconcerting way. It's like we have to go hunt down Thanos and we have to get the Infinity Gauntlet from him. And then they go out, they find Thanos, and Thor just chops off his head. Just yeah. <laughs> and and you're, I'm thinking that's anticlimactic. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I I I thought he was gonna be the villain again. What happened? But there was there. I mean, there was no villain. It was it, it the. It, I think the one weakness of the story is that they didn't really, they didn't really have a good narrative or villain. It was just, hey, we need to wrap up all these loose ends. We're gonna do it in an entertaining and satisfying way. But you're not here for the plot. You're not here for the narrative, right? Uh, um, I think I think that was a huge weakness of the film, but. The fight scenes in the film were absolutely great. They did a wonderful job with them. They were thrilling. Um, and I, I, I just, I really enjoyed the film. It's not as good as uh, Infinity War, but I really enjoyed the film. And I thought that some of the characters got a really great ending to see them off. And some of the characters got kind of gypped. <laughs> Oh yeah, which which ones didn't you like? Um, oh, I'm not supposed to use that word anymore, Jeff. It's racist or something. That's that's racist. Race. I'm sorry. That's that's racist. I didn't even know about that. I I used that word for like I think the first 20 years of my life before someone explained what what it the source of gypped was. Yeah. So, um, I I well, you have it here. You've heard it here, folks. Daddy Warbig hates gypsies. <laughs> No, no. See, gypsies is also racist. Oh, uh, what are you supposed to call them? You're supposed to use the term Romai. All right. There you go. I've learned something new today. Yeah. I've had to learn this stuff. I, I don't want to. It's like I walk around not trying to learn this stuff, and, and there are just enough people willing to pound it into your head that you're like, oh, just stop. But anyways, Tony Stark, I think, got robbed. Oh, you didn't like his his uh, his ending. A couple of reasons. One, why couldn't Captain Marvel have done it? 
Oh, <laughs> I think, I think maybe opportunity. She she was on the battlefield. She was, you know, she's the super duper new. And and don't get me wrong, that would have been a stupid ending to the movie, and I would have hated it and wanted to hunt down and burn every copy. Um, as far as an ending to a movie goes, but in universe, the logic doesn't inevitably. It, it's basically because I said so again. It's yeah, like, I, sure, sure. I, I I think it had to be because they had to say goodbye to Tony Stark and Iron Man. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's Captain Marvel could have pulled the same stunt, and uh, she she was there. She had the opportunity. She could have pulled the same stunt and survived. Or Captain America, even. I mean, he's more physically powerful than Tony Stark. He could have done it. Yeah, um, that would have worked too. That that would have worked too. But um, I think the thing to keep in mind is is that this it, this it, Tony Stark, Robert Downey Jr. is Tony Stark in the first Iron Man. He's the one that made this possible. He made the cinematic universe successful. It wouldn't have happened without with Iron Man being such a fun film and without him being the perfect casting. This film was about them. If they had given any anybody besides Iron Man, Cap, and Thor more screen time, it would have been a mistake. Yeah, it, it, it absolutely. I mean, I didn't realize how much I hated Captain Marvel till I started watching this movie. Yeah, you 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 I don't know. They they just people people on the internet are complaining about her as, as an actor. I don't think she was a great choice for the, the role, but man, they just wrote her as a, as a bitch. Yeah. Uh, you know, the way, the way she, uh, you know, talking down to the rest of the, the Avengers um, when she makes her appearances. Now, yeah, she's all powerful. She can fly through space and, and everything like that. Yeah. She's, uh, she's significantly more powerful than a lot of them, but um I don't why why the choice to make her so deliberately unlikable as a character. Like they could have done that with Thor. Like Thor could have been you know a, an unlikable, rigid uh, douchebag, but they decided that he should be funny instead, right? Um, where Thor can switch back and forth from being you know serious warrior of lightning to um, you know the Big Lebowski making jokes. That was a really weird decision on their part to to write the characters like that um so it, it's not a bad movie i mean i'm i'm kind of nitpicking there but that's what we do we pick nits it's not a bad movie it's a very enjoyable movie you haven't seen it in the theaters go see it um i didn't like um the, on the i really liked tony stark's uh ending it's it's a shame it's a shame that he died but the 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 one guy the you know the billionaire playboy in the in the five years since Thanos happened, you know he found a reason to live. Like he settled down, uh, had a little girl, and everything like that. Like they wrapped up his story really well. Um, I think I think the one who got gypped was Thor. Um, Thor Thor decides he's uh, well. They they it was appropriate that he would give up his um, claim to the throne of Asgard. That was sort of the the theme in the first few movies. Like, let's see, you know, you're supposed to be king. You know, let's see. And he never really lived up to it. Um, but they didn't they didn't have a better idea than just have him jump on the spaceship with the Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. I was I was just sort of scratching my head at that. It it's it was funny because I mean Thor got way way fat in that five years. But at the same time, somebody was pointing this out online and I don't remember. Oh, it was John C. Wright. Good friend of the show. Good friend of ours. Uh, John C. Wright was pointing out that Thor is a Viking. His dad died. His mom died. Um, his entire home world was destroyed and most of his race died. Then half of them got snapped away. Then Thanos invaded his ship and killed off almost all of Asgard. Um, and then he saw all his three friends, the Warriors Three die, and Sif died, and and his brothers, you know, all died. Loki, dead. And what are you going to do if you're a Viking and all of that tragedy landed on you? You're, you're going to go sit someplace and get very, very drunk 
<laughs> for like a decade. <laughs> so it absolutely made sense why he's so morose. It isn't because he's weak. It's because he got hit harder than everybody else. I, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, I, I think the the Fat Thor thing was funny and appropriate. I, I agree 100%. I mean, and, and it wasn't something I predicted, but in retrospect, you can see how it makes sense. Um, so... Now, we had two other things we wanted to talk about. Let's do yours first. Oh, my thing? Hey, uh, yeah, just to take a break from movies for a minute, did you um, did you ever uh, spend $400 on a single board game? Would you? Mm, probably not. Probably not. I know someone who did. I'm right. not messing with you. <laughs> There's a Kickstarter a year or two ago, and and it's along the same lines of Gloomhaven. Giant game, lots of money, Kickstarter. It's called Kingdom Death Monster. Doesn't that sound awesome? Kingdom Death Monster. Yeah. And I think Monster's a subtitle. It's like Kingdom Death colon Monster. Oh, okay. Because I, I was thinking of, like, um, Demolition Man. Right. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's Kingdom Death Monster. Yeah, it's not like Demolition Man where they just string words together. No, it's it's a giant black box, and it's in that. Oh, we've talked a lot about Gloomhaven, right? All right. It's it's a similar sort of game where you get together with a group of friends, and you, you you're in the same world every time you sit down and play, and uh, the but the story's dark. It's bloody. It's brutal. Um, you know, the box is black. The book cover is black. All the illustrations have, like, you know, blood and guts and, and everything. Uh, it's a crazy game. First of all, it's so expensive because it's got a ton of plastic miniatures. you got to sit down and glue these things together, and if you like, paint them, that sort of thing. Um, your, your characters and, and all the monsters. But it's not like a normal dungeon crawl. This is like some primordial hell where you're in the game starts off with all the players are playing survivors in loincloths, each holding a stone and you have to defeat a monstrous lion. Like that's how the game starts. The game starts with you're in mortal combat with a, with a lion that will probably kill one or more of you. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Uh, it just it sets the tone right off the bat, and so if you survive, you found a town with other survivors, and so you play year over year where you hunt a monster and and you scavenge resources and you build things for the town. You're basically starting off as cavemen. It's it's dark, it's bloody, it's it's mean, and and it's capricious. These all sounds like bad things in a board game, but for a, like a cooperative experience, that sort of struggle against the darkness. From that aspect, I thought it was pretty compelling. Because it's not players fighting each other; it's players. It, it's like the. Uh, it's a little bit like the uh, what is it? Arkham horror game. Yeah, it's it's purely cooperative. Um, so yeah, that that makes a really a really different. Uh, kind of set up for a game, and and let me let me tell you one of the mechanics that makes it so capricious and mean um, is that let's say you're in you when you're finally in the showdown with the monster, uh, which is one of the phases of the game. You begin by building up your settlement, and then you go out on a hunt for a monster, and then when you find the monster, there's a showdown. You actually fight it with your weapons. You go to hit the thing with the weapon, and you must hit the monster with your weapons to kill it. So you're doing the thing that you want to do, which is damage the monster. But when you, when you make that hit, you flip over a card that tells you what happens when you hit. If you fail to do damage to the monster, you are often penalized. So you're, you're, you get penalized for doing what you need to do to win. And then sometimes that card that you flip says, actually... You triggered the monster's trap. You your attack does nothing. Instead, he attacks you. That sort of thing. So, 
it's not just sometimes you take a swing and you miss. It's you are actively doing the best thing you can to win the battle and the monster kills you anyway. It's brutal. It's mean. I loved every second of it. It was it was just but if you go into it serious, if you take it that seriously, if you go into it with the mindset of like, oh, we're we're these, you know, we're these horrible, wretched people and, and we're trying to survive against the monster, you're gonna have an awful, awful time because the game's not fair. But if you go into it relaxed and you say, Well, we're gonna give this a try, I sure hope the monster doesn't, you know, flip all the wrong cards and wipe us all out right away. It's a great time. It does sound like fun. If you can get over the thought that like, oh no, I have to protect my character at all costs. If you just into that, look, we're going to die. Some of us, not all of us, but then we'll just move on to another character. That's exactly the way it is. You know, uh, someone, someone dies. You just, as long as there's still survivors left in your town, you can roll up a new one. Um, a, a great, another great example. Uh, we won. We won our first game against against the lion monster, but you can choose to sacrifice your weapon to score an automatic hit. One of the players decided to take the odds because uh, all of us were going to get a round of attacks on the monster in the next turn. He decided not to do that. The monster only had one hit left. He decided to play the odds. Well, wouldn't you know it? the monster on its next turn mauled one of the characters. And then when he counterattacked, he flipped that trap card and got mauled instead. So instead of walking out more or less unscathed, minus a, a valuable weapon, uh, he rolled the dice and the monster ended up mauling the heck out of one of the other players, leaving him with a permanent disfigurement. He's got a sucking chest wound. Ugh. For the rest of that character's life, He's got, you know, a, a permanent penalty just because we took that risk. The players were not exactly happy about all that. <laughs> we we have, we gave that guy a lot of crap. Oh, yeah, you just had to hold on to that stone, didn't you? But it, it, it was crazy. It was a hoot. If you've got a group of friends that want to pull their money together and you think that's the sort of thing you'd like to do, uh, if you like that sort of co-op game experience, I liked it. It's not it it didn't it's not as tactically interesting as Gloomhaven is. But if you enjoy the sort of all right, let's let's plan out like what sorts of armor and weapons are we gonna build? What sorts of what, what kind of settlement are we gonna build? What what's what kind of uh, tech they they've got a tech tree, right? After you kill a monster, you take your resources and you build new weapons and armor and things. Um, and then the hunt phase where you track down the monster and then the fight itself. If, if you've got a group of players that enjoy that sort of full world experience, I, I think it'd be great. All right. See, we're doing what we were supposed to do, what your friend advised us to do. What happened? Well, you remember on the last show. Talk about things that you love. Talk about things that you love. I love board games. Um, and this sounds like a great one. So it, it, it does seem like a great one. I've only got the one game under my belt, so I won't. I won't. Uh, I won't say I love it yet. But it was a great experience. Um, I have something I love that I want to talk about. I'm, as we I'm, are, I'm, I'm all ears. We're shooting down the shoot towards the end of the show. Um, for the first time ever this week. I saw Spider-Man into the spider into the Spider-Verse. Oh, I meant to see that. That's the animated one, right? Yes. What'd you think? Um, everybody kept on telling me how awesome this movie is. They're like, oh yeah, this movie's great. It's awesome. It it won an Oscar for best animated feature. Um, and the surprising thing is it it's basically as good as people say that's unusual these days yes what made it so good um the art style is really really um striking and different 
but not in a bad way. It's it's heavily stylized, but it's not heavily stylized just to be different. And you get people who want to do something different, and they just do a bunch of stuff differently just so they can be different. And usually it's trash. If your goal is to do something different, you can easily. The hard part is doing something that is different and also good. Um, Wired. Wired Magazine has on YouTube a video about how the animators made the movie. And it's fascinating about what kind of visual elements they took. There's a constant motif at certain points of the movie of a bunch of dots on the screen that are all very colored. And that motif came from Jack Kirby, Kirby Dots or Kirby Crackle. Um, they ran the animation differently because they wanted, if you pause the movie, they wanted every time you paused it to look to be clear so that you could tell exactly what was going on and it might look like a, a panel from a comic, an actual physical comic. And so usually what you put in is motion blur because we experience motion blur in real life. And when you're shooting film, you get motion blur. And so animators fake motion blur because that makes the film look more like something that you would be seeing in real life. It helps make the movie more uh, acceptable to your mind. You accept it as being more real. Well, these guys just threw it out. They didn't do any motion blur. Deliberately on purpose. Um, and so it makes the film look a little off. And it strikes your mind as being different. Um, you notice that it's different without necessarily noticing why. So they did a bunch of different things that were all um, that were all unique. They kind of revolutionized animation. They went in a different direction. Instead of trying to mimic Pixar, they went in their own direction, and it turned out that all the choices they made were good and great, and it was a great movie. As well, Into the Spider-Verse is about, it's based on a Marvel comic series. There's a bunch of alternate Earths in the Marvel universe, the comic universe. And on these alternate Earths, they have some that are very, very different. So this movie took um, a bunch of different characters, like the noir Batman from the 1930s, who his entire world is black and white, and, you know, sometimes he burns a match down to his fingers just so he can feel something. Uh, it was voiced by Nicolas Cage, right? Seriously? <laughs> That's great. Um, so he's one character. Then they've got Penny Parker, who has a psychic link to a radioactive spider, and the radioactive spider drives the mech that her dad built for her. So it's an anime girl spider suit. That's she, really weird. It get, she gets all the anime girl expressions and then holds up her fingers in the you know V for victory sign and all her exclamations are like anime. She's like an anime character was imported into the movie. Um, <laughs> so they just did different things, but all of these weird different. And then you have Peter Porker, Spider Ham, who's a character from the comics again, but he's a pig. He was bitten by a radioactive pig. So. You've got to be kidding me. No. So, like, what, what special powers did he inherit? Did he, I don't know, eating things? He, he's Spider-Man, but he's shaped like an anthropomorphic pig. That's like, that doesn't make sense. If you're bitten by a radioactive pig, you should get pig powers instead of spider powers. Well, that's kind of the point. He's like a Warner Brothers character, right? He's like if Porky Pig were a superhero. So he gets to do all these reality-breaking, cartoon-breaking things, kind of like Roger Rabbit. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. 
Um, because that's the kind of thing you would expect from, you know, a Looney Tunes cartoon, right? <laughs> um, just random whacking, random whackiness that didn't have to really bother to justify. So anyways, they have all these alternate characters and they're all fun. They all have a slightly different animation style and it's just really enjoyable. Um, and because the movie is taking place in an alternate universe itself, um, it's not, uh, it's got a lot of like alternate people and, and spoilers. I don't know. I don't want to spoil it. If you haven't seen it, go see it. Um, but they have a lot of characters who aren't what you would expect them to be. And they, they kind of go in surprising ways. But yeah, the art style is fabulous. And and I regret taking up so much of the time talking about the art style because it's like people are going to ask, well, what about the plot? What about the characters? What about you know their interactions? Is the only reason to see it the bizarre and different art style? No. The only reason to see this movie is not the art style. There are lots of other reasons to see this movie. Uh, characterization is great. Character interactions are funny. Um and appropriately sad and you know portentous at times um i think the movie i don't know if this is a spoiler or not doesn't matter um the movie starts with the peter parker from his world dying oh no so you know he becomes spider-man a spider-man and peter parker's gonna train train him and all of a sudden peter parker dies and you're like whoa that's not that's not cool. So there are a lot of reasons to enjoy the movie. I, I I honestly think it deserved its Oscar. And the striking and unusual animation style is not a gimmick. It is directly in service of we've seen movies that have like kind of um kind of panels from comic books on it here and there. Yeah. Um, but this movie does it for a different reason. It's not, oh, we're writing about a comic book. Let's make it look like a comic book. It has an effect on the story. It has an effect on what the characters are thinking. And it belongs. It feels like it belongs. It's not just a weird, outre, um, stylistic choice. So they did a very good job with it. Uh, there, are, there are obviously couple of plot holes that may or may not, you may or may not notice them. They may or may not bother you. They didn't bother me so much. I I, I, I noticed them, but it, it didn't ever irritate me enough to make me start thinking about it. I was in the story, hanging up with, you know, just caught up in the story. So, yeah, I thought it was worthwhile. I'm, I'm sorry, I missed it. Is it still in theaters? No, I don't think so. Uh, it, it, it's out on streaming, like. Oh, sure. Yeah, you I'll, can, I'll probably stream it sometime this week then. Um, but yeah, it's a fun movie. It's a good movie. It's an enjoyable movie. Cool. Well, I think we're just about out of time. What else do you want to talk about? Actually, that was it. Um, I had another news. I had another news thing that was basically a lead up to the no. I don't care about your Star Wars movies anymore. But I think we hit that with something else. So yeah, we we talked enough about Disney's trend. <laughs> Well, um, well, for my part, uh, that was a lot of fun. Thanks, thanks for hanging out, as usual, and thanks to the folks in chat talking with us. Um, Shoutouts to Bubblegum, who made us talk about Game of Thrones. Uh, John Mollison, Bradford Walker, have been chatting too. So, thanks a lot for hanging out, guys. Hope to see you again next time. Uh, JD Cowan was also in the chat, so uh, yeah, big thanks to everybody who showed up and participated in the chat. Um, Oh, this is time for my spiel, isn't it? I, I, I had just set you up for the uh, outro, but if you want me to do it, I can. No, 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 no. That's okay. I'll handle the outro. Uh, I have enough left in me today to do the outro. Folks, thanks for everybody who came and listened live. To those of you who are listening to the show later, you are always welcome to come and chat with our unusually intelligent and attractive fans of Geek Gap. Um, we are available, by the way. If you can't catch us live, we are available on YouTube.com slash GeekGab. That's YouTube.com slash GeekGab. Or 
you can find us on soundcloud.com, soundcloud.com, on the Apple iTunes Store and on the Google Play Store. Just do a search for Geek Gab, and we are available all of those places. You can download it to your iDevice, to your Android device, listen to it on the web, whatever. Um, we're leaving, I guess. That's it. The show is over. It's done. We are headed out. We will, of course, uh, be absolutely breathed because we won't hang out with our cool fans until, until next week. But don't you worry. Don't you fret. We will be back.